The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays, live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, and get $100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply. Welcome, everyone, to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Thursday, January 26th, currently 11.08 on the East Coast, here to break down the Thursday night betting card in the association and joining me here today to help me break down the betting card you guys know him as a voice of the tennis gambling podcast the nfl gambling podcast the soon coming back season of the wnba and of course here on the nba gambling podcast it's my main man scott studio Rachel. scott what's going on brother yeah, nothing much looking forward to going through the thursday card I uh, woke up to seeing the Jets hire Nathaniel Hackett as their offensive coordinator, and I don't part know what one. to think about it. Well, it's part, part one. one because everyone's connecting Aaron Rodgers to it, so we'll see if what happens, but I don't know. It's too early. Season ended, I don't even know, a couple weeks ago, less than a month ago, and the Jets are already making questionable moves, so <laughs> the offseason's already there for them, but I don't, I don't know. That's how I woke up this morning, but we're not here to talk about the NFL. We're here to talk about some basketball. Yeah, uh, another, I guess, great night of NBA basketball last night. Uh, we had some good marquee matchups last night for sure. I know we got robbed of, I don't know why Joker and uh, Giannis were not on national TV, but I understand the angle of Simmons returning to or returning again to uh, Philly there, but I think that's kind of overblown now. But that would have been a fun game to watch. I kind of I saw a clip this morning of Mike Malone saying, that when you have two, two, two two-time MVPs and it's on a national TV game, so it kind of told me that if it was on a national TV uh, channel, that maybe Joker would have played in this game. Um, but yeah, that was, I guess, I think we got robbed of that. But what was your kind of takeaways from last night? Your Nets did cover the spread, but just fell short of an outright victory in Philly last night. Well, the game itself was kind of nuts. It looked like Philly yeah. won the game about seven times, and the Nets were somehow still hanging in there at the end. My main takeaway isn't even a positive. It's more of a negative, just in general, something that I've mentioned before on the show and I mentioned on Twitter, but I'll say it again. Referees love being seen on TV. <laughs> uh, it seems like every nationally televised game has north of 60 free throw attempts, and yeah. nothing's changed. There were two games yesterday and each game had at least 63 free throws. And it just, maybe it's just me, because on one hand, I like points. The other hand, I actually like a flow to a basketball game. Sure. I can't handle seeing free throw contests every time. And we've yeah. seen a lot of high-scoring games on TV lately. Mm-hmm. The two games yesterday, you can make an argument, well, you know, it's hard and Embiid, what did you expect? And I understand you're expecting free throws in that game no matter what. That the Warriors and Grizzlies game was a rock fight for about a quarter and a half, mm-hmm. and the game still landed in the two forties. Like it, yeah. it just, I it, I can't even fully describe how annoying it is to just see constant 
ticky-tack fouls being called in the most important moments of the game. You have the Curry ejection, which on one hand, I know you shouldn't throw your mouthpiece. On the other hand, he wasn't aiming it towards anybody, so I don't really know why it was that big of a deal. But it seems like for these nationally televised games, I don't have the trends in front of me, but recency bias, I guess, a lot of overs and a lot of free throws. We saw Miami go, what, 40 of 40 from the foul line against the Thunder a couple weeks ago? Yeah, we did. And then last night, Philly went 34 or sorry, 35 of 36 from the free throw line. I think that was Miami was it was 40 for 40, right? It was like 30. I think so. The point is, there's just so many free throws that that turn into a free throw contest and there's no flow. It's just a bad product. So, yes, the games were good based on actual competitiveness. Mm -hmm. But if you watch the Nets and the Sixers game, it felt like the game took three hours. Yeah. It was just constant free throw shooting. There was no pace at all to the game. And you had 80 plus points in the first quarter. Yeah, I saw that. And everything. I saw that score. I thought it was a halftime score, but I was like, oh, no, wait. It's only into the first quarter. <laughs> first quarter, and there's 80 something points. And I yeah. love points, but I prefer it when it's not solely manufactured by free throw shooting. Yeah. And I wish that it was better flow to it. So sure. my main takeaway was just the referees have too much control over nationally televised games. I've made jokes before that it's because they want their their kids to see them on TV. It's really, really a problem. Yeah. And I don't think they're going to do anything about it, but a lot of nationally televised games have way too many fouls, and it needs to be fixed. Yeah, I thought that well, at least the Memphis and the Golden State Warriors game in that first quarter was seemed like it was going to be a rock fight all night. But because but you historically, don't think that's weird. They're, both it, teams had like yeah. had like ten points halfway through the quarter, and it was a mm-hmm. rock fight, and the game still landed two forty. Yeah, I mean they really took off in that second half. I think what they had seventy nine points in that third quarter. Mm-hmm. And then what fifty six in the fourth quarter? Well, luckily for me, I took the second half over in that uh, Memphis and the Warriors game. But uh, yeah, you're right, man. I mean, yeah, it does turn into a free throw contest at, at, at on these at least nationally televised games. But uh, yeah, and again, I don't think the league is going to do anything about it. But uh, I mean, I mean, for us, it's just it is what it is. Again, it's there's a lot of already complaints about the whole load management stuff for players and stuff like that, and now. Just referees trying to make their mark on games. It just doesn't help the NBA product. But, I mean, at this point, it's it's really – maybe I should start doing a ref report for the NBA. I don't know. I mean, you could. It definitely <laughs> would make sense. I know that there was always a de facto ref report whenever Scott Foster is involved in the playoffs. But yeah. at, at this point, for nationally televised games, I'm considering blindly taking overs until further notice because it's not just one game. It's been a trend for a while. The amount of free throws in these nationally televised games are really just obscene. Yeah. And I don't know why people th- or why the refs think that's the product they that they need to see. I, I get that the NBA wants points mm-hmm. and maybe they figure, you know, who cares how they get it as long as you end up getting 230 plus points. That's good enough. Yeah. But I'm going to ask you this, though, because each game last night took a really long time because of the free throws and the lack of overall pace. Mm-hmm. The Sixers game against the Nets, I know the Sixers were leading pretty much most of the game, but even as a Nets fan, it was a grind to watch. There were a ton of points. You got into the 270s in that game. Yeah. Uh, and it was painful at times. You just had no flow to any action in the game, and it just was something that I feel like isn't being talked about enough. People can talk about load management, yeah. and I'm not surprised Jokic and half the team missed 
because mm-hmm. they played a very competitive game against New Orleans the day prior. And that's just common practice in the NBA. But I cared more about the officiating because it was nationally televised. And I thought the game, despite having a lot of points, was kind of painful to watch at times. Yeah, I mean, look, when every other play, there's a whistle being blown and a guy is headed to the free throw line. I mean, as a as if you had the over in the game, obviously you're excited about that. But again, if you're just watching the product of basketball and there's a, a whistle being blown and guy going to the free throw line without us getting to watch some of the talent like Kyrie Irving on the floor where I mean the on the on the basketball floor with the skill set that he has by his ways of finishing around the rim and his how well he of a great dribbler that he is. Same thing with James Harden, uh, Joel Embiid, where, you know, you get robbed of that sometimes. I think that's why a lot of times basketball fans, not even betters, but just basketball fans watch the game because they want to see the best players in the world showcasing their offensive talents. And we were robbed of that when referees are blowing their whistle. What? Every other play, like we mentioned, it's it is what it is. So I mean, uh, I, I, I just want to read off, by the way, the disparity in the first half, second half free throw numbers in yeah. that Warriors and Grizzlies game. Because as yeah. you said, and you live bet the second half over, the second mm-hmm. half was significantly more high scoring than the first half, and you had seventy nine points in the third quarter. Yeah. So in the first half, both teams combined for twenty four free throws. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm okay with that. Twenty four, not a bad number. Yeah. In the second half, so that's 24 for both teams combined. Mm-hmm. In the second half, the Grizzlies attempted 22 free throws by themselves. Yeah. You had 41 free throws in the second half. Yeah. So you had almost double the amount of free throws in the second half compared to the first half. And it wasn't even like there was some fouling at the end because the game was one possession for the final couple minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, to look at the free throw shooting in the Nets game, uh, just to see what I can get here. Uh, so the Nets game had, I believe, 63 free throws combined. Uh, yeah. Looking at the second half. Sorry, I'm just waiting for this to load here. Uh, okay, so for the second half of the Nets and Sixers game, you had 31 free throws in the second half. So it was basically even first yeah. half, second half splits with the Nets and Sixers game. But when you have almost twice the amount of free throws in one half mm-hmm. for the Grizzlies-Warriors game, and it's yeah. when the game actually is on the line in the second half. That's a problem. And yeah. once again, you went from having a rock fight to 79 points in the third quarter. Now, some of that's pace and some of that was bad shot making in the first half. And that mm-hmm. fixed itself as the game went on. A lot of that had to be manufactured because yeah. it seemed like based on how the game was officiated, especially with the technicals and the ejection for Curry, it seemed like the referees got to call at halftime and call more stuff, didn't it? <laughs> It really did, and yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, it's it's we we can sit here and talk about, it, we can complain about, it, but at the end of the day, it's like the league will do whatever the hell the league wants. And again, a lot of people are turned off by the NBA with all the load management stuff, and you know, with referees, not only in the NBA but all across all sports as well, right? Like the official that's officiating the Super Bowl this year was the referee that called the most amount of penalties in the entire NFL this year. It was, he had like 200 plus mm-hmm. um, flags that he threw in the regular season. Now he's officiating the Super Bowl. And I think that, yeah, it's, it's one part of it. It's, it's in the NBA as well, but it happens across all sports. But, and I've, I've tweeted this out as well as at what point do we hold officials accountable for missing calls or, or, or making the wrong calls as well? Because, 
there was a while back where I saw something on Twitter that I think in the Euro leagues that if if you miss a call or you or, or you didn't make a call or something like that, that you get suspended. That that referee gets suspended for X amount of games, and they held them they hold them accountable. It doesn't happen here in, in American sports for whatever reason. So. You're not a fan of the random ref report a day after, which does absolutely nothing to change <laughs> yeah, the outcome like the of the last game. Two, yeah, like what what is the point of it? Like the last two minute report, I think Donovan Mitchell tweeted it yesterday that Donovan Mitchell got fouled two times in that game against the Knicks. Uh, that the referees missed two calls, and for the record, like, I still I still don't think Hartenstein fouled him. I I, I don't even un, I, I don't even agree with the updated injury uh, ref report sure. because yeah. I don't know what Hartenstein's supposed to do in that situation. Mitchell just trucks into him. Yeah. Hartenstein puts his hands up and then blocks the shot. I yeah. don't know how that's a foul on Hartenstein. So even with the ref reports, I still don't even agree with the results they come up with. But yeah, I just have to bring it up because a lot of people talk about the load management, which has been an issue for a long time. Yeah, But I cared more about the ref stuff because for a nationally televised game that was very close with the Nets game and the Grizzlies game, yeah, both games took basically three hours. That mm-hmm. shouldn't happen. Yep. Um, and if last thing we'll point about this, if I told you the Brooklyn Nets without even looking at the free throw disparity, if I told you Brooklyn last night shot about 64.5% from the floor and 53.8% from the three point line, how many points did you think they would have won that game by? Uh, I probably would have guessed they would have won that game by 10. I know Philly missed one free throw in the entire game, which was kind yeah. of the story, but yeah, Maxi went shot, nuts in the first half. Yeah. Embiid went, I forgot what the hell he went. He went like, yeah, he went 13 to 13. Um, Harden went six of seven. But the point is, Philly was plus 14 from the free throw line, right? And kind yeah. of this conversation that we're talking about here. So, yeah, um, I guess more positive stuff, stuff that we can talk about. Dame last night went absolutely nuts against the Utah Jazz. He drops a casual 60 points in that game against the Utah Jazz. I think he had 50 uh, at the end of three quarters, came into the fourth quarter, pretty much sealed the deal for the uh, Portland Trail Blazers. He drops a casual 60 last night. Very efficient as well, uh, Scott. 40 minutes, 21 of 29, 9 of 15 from three-point line, and 9 of 10 from the free throw line for a game last night. Yeah, he was unstoppable. There's really not much yeah. more to add there. I still don't think Portland's a very good basketball team. But Lillard is a great player. There's not really a shock. You know, we know that he's capable of going for these insane games. The past month, he's been great. The team just hasn't won because they managed to blow 20-something point leads at half to the Lakers. But still, yeah. <laughs> I, I have to at least point out that Lillard, you can make an argument to maybe trying to make a late all-star push. I think he's going to get into the all-star game anyway, but you can argue that yeah. he's on the fence because he won't be a starter this year. I think we can agree on that point. So. Yeah. You know, maybe he's just trying to put the finishing touches on his all-star game resume, but he was great last night. And uh, yeah, he, of course, had the performance of the night. Uh, honorable mention, though, to your guy, a baby joker over there. Oh, yeah. The Walls had a triple double. But yeah, baby jokers in full. They're finally playing like I've actually been watching the games now. They're actually like playing through Shangoon. Um, and it's it's been is working. Kevin Porter still injured, though, or is he? actually? Yeah, he's still out. Now? That, that's yeah, why you're cool. playing through him. You know, as soon as Porter comes back, you're going right back to uh, a lot of isolation fadeaway jumpers. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, Rockets are in action. We'll get to that game in a little bit later on. But, yeah, Joker uh, – sorry, yeah, baby Joker, uh, Shane Goon, on his bobblehead night, uh, Scott, 21 points, 11 rebounds, and 10 assists. Did get the final assist on um, – literally with about six or seven seconds left in that game. 
Uh, I think lastly, we did see the return of Anthony Davis last night and the debut of Rui Ashimura for the LA Lakers. Uh, took them a little bit uh, to pull away from this game or, or get the victory or start taking it seriously uh, fourth quarter or maybe the Spurs tank, but uh, Lakers get the victory 113-104. 32-22, uh, they outscored the Spurs in that game. Anthony Davis finished the game off the bench in 26 minutes with 21 points, 12 rebounds, and uh, Rui Achimura added 12 points off the bench for the Lakers along with six rebounds. LeBron, one rebound short of a triple-double at 20 points, eleven nine rebounds, and 11 assists. Uh, anything else from last night, Scott? Uh, the other takeaway that I had was really just the no-show by the Kings. Uh, the Raptors yeah. beat the hell out of them, and yeah. that was a bit shocking. Uh, to look at the score there, not only did Sacramento lose the game by 18 at home, mm-hmm. they only scored 95 points. Yeah, They're one of the best offenses statistically of all time. And mm-hmm. the Raptors just put the clamps down. It just was crazy how Sacramento could do nothing the entire game. Uh, looking at the shooting numbers, Sacramento actually shot roughly 48% from the floor. They shot 40% from three or 40.6. Yeah. So even the shooting numbers weren't that bad. They committed yeah. 19 turnovers, which doesn't mm-hmm. help. But they scored 95. That's something you don't see that often with the Kings. And that was kind of the main shock that I had uh, from yesterday's action. Uh, You had a very uh, entertaining game there between the Hawks and Thunder. Another no defense type game. That game landed 269. But my main surprise of yesterday was just the Kings no showing a home game and only scoring 95 points. Yeah, I was actually watching this game um, in the first half and the Raptors – as soon as De'Aaron Fox crossed half court, they were sending a second guy over to get the ball out of his hands. And I think that was probably maybe had been the difference in the pace. But Toronto dictated that pace last night in this game. I know we talked about Sacramento that they like getting up and down the floor, especially with De'Aaron Fox uh, as their point guard. But um, yeah, the, the, the Raptors really slowed the pace down last night. They were trapping Fox as soon as he cl- uh, crossed the half-court line and made somebody else beat them. Sabonis, so not a great night for him either. He was he only took nine shots last night, had nine points, only eight rebounds and four assists. Also nine turnovers last night for Sabonis. So give credit to the Toronto Raptors defense uh, for the way they showed up. They start, I think, a that was the first of, a, I think, a seven-game West Coast road trip for the Raptors. So, um a great start for the Raptors. Uh, all right, Scott, let's dive into the schedule here for tonight, my man. Um, the first game on the board, let's go over to the first game on TNT. It's going to be the New York Knicks in Boston here tonight to take on the Boston Celtics. Uh, this line opened up in favor of the Boston Celtics at minus minus seven now it's up to minus eight and a half uh i do not have the injury report uh but i believe everybody is going to be aimed for the Celtics. i know a lot of guys missed the last game on the second leg of a back-to-back against the miami heat but uh yeah i'm sick for marcus smart yeah and i this is um malcolm brogdon back i know he was missing some time for some personal time i don't don't see him on the board so yeah, uh, and then for the New York Knicks, Evan Fournier is out for personal reasons, and we know about Mitchell Robinson with the thumb injury. But other than that, everybody is a go in this game for the Boston Celtics. Sorry, for the New York Knicks. Uh, Scott, lead us off here, minus 8.5 in favor of the Boston Celtics. I'm going to take the points uh, with the Knicks here. Uh, for me, there's no way I'm lying this number with the Celtics. They have not been yep. good enough lately, and I feel like even though the main argument for the Celtics getting 
a decent amount of money, which is why the spread has moved, is because they heard that Jalen Brown and all these guys who missed the last game are back. The problem is they haven't been good against the number lately, and the Knicks have been struggling. They had a nice win there against Cleveland, but they've been very good on the road this season against the number. Knicks are 16-8 and eight, ATS on the road. Uh, the Knicks are 29-6 ATS on the road in their last 35 road games. And I said before, the Celtics have not been good against the number lately. They're 0-4. ATS in their last four games. I, I'm just not expecting a route. I think this game's going to be close. We know that for better or worse, Thibodeau does not give any of his guys days off. So you're assuming that the Knicks will have a full roster for the most part. Mitchell Robinson's yeah. still out, though. Could be an issue with the post defense or the paint defense. But I do think this game will be competitive. And people are just expecting Boston to run through this team like a hot knife through butter. I don't yeah. see that happening. And the Celtics have had a couple of close games lately. The Knicks are feisty, for better or worse. I like the points. I just don't see Boston killing this team. I think it's going to be a five-point game with a minute to go. Celtics probably win, but eight and a half seems a little bit too many to me. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think this is a lot of points here for Boston. Um, New York, I mean, you mentioned they've been really good. I had to do a double take when I saw their ATS numbers actually on the road because really think about when we talk about New York, um, it's really that they're a great team in the first half covering the number, but they've been great on the road as well. Uh, Boston, they don't do much of their scoring in the paint, so I, I don't think it'll be an issue for them tonight. Um, Boston ranks number 25 as far as points scored inside the paint just because they get up, I don't know, like 40 to 53s a night uh, do the Boston Celtics. But I think that you're right that New York can keep this competitive. Uh, Julius Randle has just been a monster on the glass and, and scoring the basketball as well. Jalen Brunson uh, has been incredible for this team as well. So I think they're going to have their hands full here tonight are the Boston Celtics. Eight and a half is just way too many. And like you mentioned, Boston Celtics have not covered a spread. Uh, let's see in their last one, two, three, I think it was four. four games. Yeah. yeah. Um, seven point favorite as Golden State. They did won that game, but did not cover. Same thing against Toronto. Loss, uh, back to back losses against the two Florida teams, Orlando and Miami. And now they have New York here in town. So plus eight and a half for both Scott and I. Uh, national T game here. Uh, Scott total is at 222 and a half. So I want to take the under because when I see these teams, I want to. But I just said national TV games turn into a free throw fest. I'm going to lean over. I don't have any stats to back this up, but I feel like every national TV game I watch, it turns into a free throw contest. So I'm going to see how this goes, but I'm going to lean to the over just based on what I noticed for the last couple of weeks with nationally televised games. Give me a bunch of free throw attempts. I'm on the over. (laughs) We'll see. Uh, I'm I'm experimenting here, so we'll see. Yeah. Uh, I don't really have a, a feel on the total here. I mean, yeah, I mean, I would lean with the over with you as well, but no official stats or anything to back it up for me. I um, mean, if you look at the numbers on the road for the New York Knicks, as far as the total goes, as road underdogs, 8-8-1 eight, eight and one, uh, uh, on the total, 10-12-2 uh, and two overall on the road uh, as far as the total goes. Boston has been an over team at home, 14-8-1. Um on the towards the over, I'm sorry. And in back to back situations, uh three, three, and one against the spread is New York. New York did New York play last night? They didn't play last night, did they? No, they lost to the Cavs uh two nights. Oh, they beat yeah, the Cavs okay. two nights ago. Yeah, so disregard that. Um player props in this game, if anything, here, uh Scott. Uh Randall rebounds. I saw it eleven and a half. I know that it is juiced towards the over. 
I don't really care. Uh, looking at his numbers, he has been really, really good at rebounding. I believe he's had 13-plus rebounds in eight of his last yeah. nine games. Uh, so he's just been a force. Yep. I know you gave out the no double-double against the Cavs based on historical trends, and Randall didn't give a damn apparently because he went for 30 and like 13 yeah. in that game. But um, I got to yeah. go with the over for Randall rebounds. I just think that he's a guy who is going to have to embrace a bigger role rebounding with Mitchell Robinson being out. He's been great at rebounding anyway. I'll go with Randall over. Don't fix what has been broken. He's been a rebound machine. Yeah, um, and this is another team where he doesn't have a lot of success rebounding against. He does have a game there where he had twelve, but I'm not. Uh, I'm not fading him. I learned my lesson in the last game against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, anything else for this game? Not really uh, for me. I thought about maybe taking Tatum, but now Brown's back, so I wonder how they're going to break it down. And I don't have much. Maybe blindly lean to Horford under because the guy never scores, and his number's always at eight and a half. But yeah. I don't really see much. Uh, I'm, yeah, I, I just don't see much besides Randall rebounds for me. Okay. Uh, all right, let's get over to the next game of the night then. Uh, let's go over to let's go to your part of the world, the Detroit Pistons in Barclay Center here tonight against the Nets. Um, Nets on a back-to-back situation like we've talked about. They played the Philadelphia 76ers in Philly last night. Trout back home now to host the uh, Detroit Pistons. This line opened up at minus nine in favor of the Brooklyn Nets. The number is now sitting at minus seven and a half. Also see some minus sevens out there as well. Total opened up at 233. That number has been bet up slightly to 234. Do see some 234 and a halves out there as well. Looking at the injury report for the Detroit Pistons, uh, we know Marvin Bagley and let's see here. Kate are going to be out for sure. Uh, Corey Joseph is also out for this game. Isaiah Livers and Isaiah Stewart. So the both Isaiahs are questionable here tonight officially for the Detroit Pistons. Um, for the Brooklyn Nets, this is where it might get a, a interesting. They may end up sitting all these guys here tonight because they're on a back-to-back. I'll Probably don't expect Ben Simmons to play here tonight, but um, Scott, you're the Nets fan. What do you think? Do you think they're going to be sitting guys, or, or do you think Kyrie goes? Do you think uh, Ben Simmons goes here tonight? I think they're going to sit some guys just based on how that game went and how the pace was crazy and how many points he had. I think that they're in line to probably bench a guy or two. Uh, you know, I was going to take the Nets. I'm mean, sorry, I was going to take the Pistons. But now Corey Joseph is out. So that changes everything. Now I'm going to uh, lean to the Pistons anyway. Uh, I just think it's a good spot for Detroit. This team's yeah. awful. They're terrible on the road. And as a Nets fan, you can make an argument that the, this team will be motivated after losing to Philly. I think they're going to be exhausted. They played yeah. in Philly. It was a high-scoring game. They lost, and it was competitive throughout. Seth had, what, 30 points in that game? He went nuts. From three. Like 30 or 32, something like that, yeah. So he was great. Kyrie was great. Hit that crazy left-handed layup in the final couple minutes there. And Simmons was awful for a half and then scored 12 points in the second half. Still got a technical foul on it, some stupid plays. But the point is, I think the Nets might bench some guys. But also fatigue's a concern for me. And the Nets, as big favorites, have not done that well this year. They've really let other teams hang around. The Pistons have hung around against this team before. I'm going to take the Pistons. I think there's a reason why this line has dropped about a point and a half. And I think that people are going to blindly take the Nets because they scored basically 130 points last night. But I don't really care about it because they're traveling back home, back to back. Detroit has 
I don't want to say given the Nets problems recently, but they have had a couple of close games mm-hmm. against the Nets. I'm going to link to Detroit. I, I think that it's a good spot to really consider taking a shot with an underdog against a team that might not be fully mentally focused for this game. I'm going to lean to Detroit. Yeah, I mean, despite how bad defensively Detroit has been, I think the scheduling spot here and just the situation here from what you just said there, Scott, about Brooklyn playing that high, I don't want to say high stakes, but a big game uh, last night on national TV, um, having to travel back home now to take on a team that's, one of the worst in the entire association. How do you get up for this game, right? And I think that... And we'll you know they all got up for a last game because yeah. with Simmons going back there and the fact that the Nets with the Harden trade and everything, I think those teams just hate each other. We saw the amount of technicals. Sure. I believe there were six technical fouls in that game. Montrezl yeah. Harrell and Claxton were talking crap to each other before the game. There's a lot of side line, uh, of storylines between those two teams. And you kind of spent a lot of energy in that game. And now that game's over, you lost... Do I think it's possible for the Nets to just have a deflating performance here? Yes. So I'm going to link to Detroit. Yeah, uh, Detroit for me here as well. Uh, looking at the total, it's actually been bet up to 234. Um, again, the, the total is a stay away for me as well. I mean, again, I, I think that we'll see some guys sitting here for Brooklyn that's going to obviously affect the total, whether it's Kyrie, Ben Simmons. I mean, you might see Curry sit injury management reasons. Um, I didn't have an opinion on the total. Do you have anything? Uh, no, I, I, I thought about the over, but I can't play because I don't know who's going to play for the net. So for me, yeah. it's a no action. Uh, any player props you're looking at, at least for the piston side? Uh, I, that's a great question. Uh, I don't really know. I don't really know. Cause the pistons, I don't know which player you can really trust. Durin rebounds Durin double, double. I have to be tempted by cause he had a massive yeah. game last time out. Ivy had a double-double. Good for him. I know that was 20-something to one for him to have a double-double. Maybe that rolls over into this game, but it's mostly Duran. Claxton had a great game last night against Embiid. Is there a chance maybe he sits? I don't know. We'll see. But I think Duran could be in line for a massive game there. I like him double-double, Duran rebounds, all that stuff. Yeah, Duran's been uh, he's been my MVP this season, and I've been backing his rebounds. Um, almost every single night when he's been playing, and it's been cashing out at a very, very high rate. Uh, last game against the Bucks, he finished up with 15 rebounds. He had 12 against the Chicago Bulls, uh, 11 against the Warriors, 11 against the Blazers. I think he had 11 in a matchup earlier this season against the Brooklyn Nets as well. It is a little bit juiced at minus 135, uh, but again, with the injuries that this team does have to the front court, especially if Isaiah Stewart's not able to go here tonight, the bulk of the minutes are going to go to Jalen Duren. So if you want to take a look at his double-double or just his rebounding prop, uh, I'm right there with Scott on on Jalen Duren here tonight. All right, before we continue uh, handicapping these games, let me tell you guys where you can actually bet on these games, and that's going to be at our presenting sponsor. That's going to be over at WinBet, and WinBet is the official online sportsbook of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet is active in a bunch of states, and there are a ton of ways to win, including live betting and same-game parlays. The NFL playoffs are here. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. If you're ready to play, sign up today to receive a special offer, bet 100, and get 100. It's limited state availability, and of course, if you hit the biggest long-shot parlay of the week, you get a $1,000 free credit. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know that we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. 
Offers up to change terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 20 years or older and present in a state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right, Scott, next game on the schedule is going to be the Chicago Bulls headed to Charlotte to take on the Hornets. Uh, looking at the opening line for this game, the Chicago Bulls opened up as a five-point favorite. That number's been bet up to minus six. Total opened up at 233 and a half. That number's at 234 currently. Uh, looking at the injury report for both of these teams, for the visiting team, the Chicago Bulls, uh, the usual guys are going to be out of this game. Javante Green, Goran Dragic will be out for this game as well. Uh, for the Charlotte Hornets, um, Cody Martin is out, and obviously we know Kelly Oubre is still missing time. The two questionable tags right now are going to be on LaMelo Ball and Gordon Hayward in this game for the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, Scott, let's start with the side here. Minus six in favor of the Chicago Bulls visiting the Charlotte Hornets here. What do you think this game? So I want to lean to Chicago because they're the much better team. And I watched Charlotte play against Phoenix last time out. I thought that Charlotte was the worst team in the league. Charlotte was awful. They, they were down 30 at basically halfway through the second quarter. Had a bit of a run there, made it somewhat close, and the Suns killed them in the end anyway. Chicago blew a massive lead to Indiana with no Halliburton. And that team hadn't won a game without Halliburton. Um, I'm really mm. on the fence on this one because I know how bad Charlotte is. That team is awful. But Chicago on the road is terrible too, and I don't trust them late in games, especially with Levine's decision-making who was brutal in the final couple minutes there against uh, the Pacers. Mm -hmm. I think I'm going to lean Charlotte. I hate this game from a side perspective. I don't trust either team, but I've been hurt too many times laying points with Chicago on the road. I can't do it. I'm going to lean Charlotte. I hope they'll find a way to do it, but I don't have a strong opinion on the side. I'll lean Hornets because I definitely do not want to lay six with Chicago on the road. Yeah, Chicago so far this season, I believe, are 0-5. Yeah, 0-5 as a road favorite. But you kind of take a look at the head-to-head meetings between these two teams, at least over the last... Uh, let's go back to about 20... Let's go back to 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. Over the last... Seven games. Chicago has won six out of the last seven meetings between these two teams, including a game earlier uh, this year where they won 106-88 in their home building, though. But they've won six out of the last seven games, and all six of those games that they won by was by double digits. Um, last game, they won by 18. Uh, they did take a loss uh, last season, the last game in April um, against Charlotte, 133-117. Prior to that, they won by 12, 14, 21 17 and 13. Um, I'll put faith in them. Give me the Bulls minus the six. I think I like it better for the first half here, Scott. Um, minus, I think it should be minus three. Then six in the first. Sorry for the whole game. Let me find it. Fight. Once again, I think Charlotte's one of the first worst teams half. in the league. I, they're terrible, but... I, the Bulls, yeah. I, I, I see like Dirk play in the half. first half because they're a terrible fourth quarter team. They are so bad late in yeah. games. And Levine yeah. makes dumb decisions. I know DeRozan's great late in games, but they try to force feed him the ball, and it hasn't really worked out this year as much as it has in previous years. I think it's a good spot for a live bet for Charlotte if the line goes up. Uh, Bulls first mm -hmm. half I like, but 
over the course of a 48-minute game, I don't trust Chicago enough late in games. So it's really an ugly game. There's no chance I bet this game. No chance at all. Uh, but I, I do think that if you're going to give me six points or so against a team that's been awful in the fourth quarter of games and have found a way to choke a bunch of games they should win, yep. there might be a bit of value there. But once again, Charlotte is a horrible basketball team. They're really, really bad. Yeah. T-Rock 3 pointing out Bulls are 27-19-1 against the spread in the first quarter. And Mr. System Play of the Day first half. System Play of the Day for Cameron Kerr. Bulls minus three. So I, at least me and uh, Cam are aligned on the Bulls in the first half. Um, T-Rock pointing out he also likes the Bulls in the first quarter and first half. Yeah, I can't argue against uh, either one of those. But um Let's get over the total here. Scott currently sitting at 233.5 over on win bet. Uh, sorry, 234 now. Uh, any thoughts on the total? I want to lean over, but Charlotte can't score. <laughs> They've scored less than 103 points in each of the last two games. They only scored 102 against Utah. That's a bit of a red flag. And scored 97 against Phoenix. Uh, I mean, the first meeting was pretty low scoring as well. First meeting ended up landing in the 190s. I think I'm going to lean under. Okay. This number just seems a little bit large when a Charlotte team that can't score is involved. Yep. I'm going to lean under. I think this number is a bit high. If I see LaMelo Ball gets ruled into this game, I'm automatically betting the over. Okay, uh, that's fair. I mean, we know how bad he is defensively. If you want to bet an over, maybe look at Bulls team totals. First quarter, maybe first half, maybe even full game. Again, this defense has just been absolutely atrocious. Uh, so far this uh, season, uh, they're just not a very good basketball team. Pretty much what Scott has said. Um, now let's get over to some player props in this game. Uh, anything that you do like? Uh, for player props, I know Levine historically has been really good against Charlotte. I'm mm-hmm. expecting a decent game from Levine after he indirectly punted uh, the last game uh, against the Pacers. I've been on Vucevic rebounds. For the last couple of games, yep. I've mentioned it on the show, and mm-hmm. he's uh, not rebound. Sorry, I've been, I've been on Vucevic assists for the last couple of games, and he's been very, very selfless with the basketball. People want to look at the passing number, at the uh, rebounding numbers, and the points, but you're going through the assist numbers for Vucevic, and he's been really, really good uh, to go through the numbers here. Uh, the last couple of games for Vucevic: five, seven, six, four, four, five, one, four, ten. So he's had at least five, or he's had he's had at least four assists in uh, five, six, seven, eight, and eight of the last nine games. And I see LG mentioning it as well uh, that Vucevic assists is at three and a half at minus one forty. I'm still I still like the over there. Uh, the fact that he's had four and eight of the last nine, I think, is kind of an autoplay. I'll lean to Vucevic over and assist. Yeah, I mean, I can't argue against it. I think the market is adjusting a little bit since it is at minus 140. Let me see if I can find a better line. And obviously, Vucevic rebounds because Charlotte can't rebound the ball. So Yeah. Uh, I took his rebounds at 12 and a half. I think it's a no-brainer. We've kind of just taken a look at 13 in the first meeting this year. Yeah. And again, like you mentioned, he's also been a rebounding machine. So if you want to play uh, rebounds and assists, if that number's around 15 and a half or 16 and a half, I don't hate that. Uh, let me see if we can find a number for that on Vucevic here. Uh, let's see. Assist and rebounds for Vucevic tonight is at 16 and a half. So, yeah, I think that he can get over that number for sure here tonight. Uh, anything else for this game, Scott? 
No, not really. It's it's a spot between two teams I really just don't care about that much. The two teams I don't like, but one of these teams is actively going for uh, the generational unicorn. The other team just refuses to blow it up. Yeah. Uh, Daniel asking for fame the Bulls. Um, I was leaning big, that I way, but yeah. I, I kind of like your Bulls first half, boy. Yeah, I think that if you want to play the Bulls first quarter, first half is probably the way to go uh, in this game. All right, next game on the board here tonight. We got the Cleveland Cavaliers in Houston to take on the Rockets. Rockets obviously on a back-to-back here tonight after they uh, blew the lead to no one's shock against the Washington Wizards last night where Kyle Kuzma just that's went a, absolutely That's a polite way to put it. What were they up, like 20 at the half, 15 at the half? Like that, That's a very uh, subtle way to put uh, mention that, you know? I mean, it's something that I'm used to seeing, right, just because they're a great first-half team. But they find ways to blow it in the second half. But Kyle Kuzma, that fourth quarter yesterday, I had his three point prop last night. He was like he 0 of five six. In the end, right? Yeah. And then he ended up hitting five in that fourth quarter, which was pretty much the difference uh, for this Rockets team. Rockets were actually up by, yeah, team in that uh, first half. But uh, they welcome the Cavs here tonight. Looking at the opening line for this game. The Cavs opened up as a seven and a half point favorite. That number is now up to minus eight and a half. Total up at 223. That number now is sitting at 221 and a half. Uh, looking at the injury report for the Cleveland Cavaliers, Donovan Mitchell is questionable here tonight. I did see a note yesterday that he said he could miss a couple games, that I don't anticipate him playing here tonight for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Other than that, pretty clean injury report for the Cavs. Rockets, like I mentioned, are on a back-to-back. So no injury uh, report. So yeah, no injury report submitted yet. Um, on back-to-back situations so far this season, the Rockets are two and five against the spread, four and three towards the under. Um, not, I don't think Kevin Porter Jr. will be back here tonight. Maybe he does come back against his former team, but Cleveland wants him to play in this game. Just for yeah. the record, you know, uh, eight and a half here, Scott. What are you thinking? I'm going to lean to Cleveland. Uh, they have not been good on the road, but and I, I don't think Mitchell's going to play. If you saw him in that final sequence there against yeah. the Knicks, he not only got the rebound from his back when he got allegedly fouled by Hardenstein, according to the ref report or the ref, whatever, at the end of the final two minutes, but he had a hard time getting up. I don't think he hurt his leg, and I don't think he's going to play in this game because of it. Might miss a couple of games. He slammed his, he did one of those like hand slams into a chair where you couldn't tell if he was more annoyed about not making the shot or if he was annoyed he got injured again. I think it was all the above, if I had to guess. So I don't think that Mitchell's going to play in this game. But that means Garland's going to have really the green light of green lights here. They still have Allen, still have Mobley. The Rockets still don't have a lot of great interior options. I know that Shangun is great statistically speaking. But from rebounding from a rebounding perspective, I think Cleveland's going to kill them on the glass tonight. And I think you'll see Garland play really well. I'm all over Garland props. I think Garland's going to have a great game here. But I'm going to lean to Cleveland. I think they'll be motivated after losing that close game to the Knicks. Defensively, they're great. The Rockets are not. I think the I think the Cavs just wear them down as this game goes on. I'm going to lean to Cleveland, but I do like Garland props pretty much as far as the eye can see. Yeah, um, I'm right there with Cleveland here, uh, Cleveland here as well. I really do like them in the fourth, first quarter as well. Um, I was trying to pull up the number for uh, the Rockets in the first quarter in back-to-back situations. I think they're getting outscored by seven points in that first quarter on back-to-back situations so far this season. I, I don't have the... I was looking at it earlier, but it wouldn't. I don't know why it's not pulling up right now. But um, yeah, I like the Cavs early in this game. Maybe if the uh, a, if you want to go first quarter, first half, and full game 
on the uh, Cavaliers. I just think that even without Donovan Mitchell, Darius Garland, uh, Karis LeVert, Evan Mobley, Jared Allen should have their way inside in this game here tonight without a lot of rim protection. I know Bruno Fernando had a pretty good game for the Rockets as far as getting blocked and things like that, but this is a different animal when you're going up against Evan Mobley and Jared Allen in this game. So um, I'm on the Cavs uh, first quarter and full game as well uh, with you, with you there, Scott. Uh, total in this game currently sitting at two. I see 221. Yeah, you're right. 221. Thoughts? Uh, this one's a bit tricky for me. I think I'm an only under. I can really just see Cleveland's defense putting on a clinic in this game. I'm, yeah. a, I'm an only under. I think that you're going to see the rim protection be solid for Cleveland. Houston might give up a bunch of points, which is the concern. But with Mitchell mm-hmm. potentially being out, I'm hoping Cleveland kind of just plays a little bit slower and methodically because of the fact that Garland's going to run a bunch of pick and rolls and probably get a bunch of assists, which might take some time off the shot clock. I'm going to lean under. I just think Houston offensively doesn't generate much in this game. Yeah, I finally was able to pull that first quarter number. Rockets on back-to-back situations are getting outscored uh, 31.7 to 24.4 in that first quarter. So about a a margin of minus 7.3 for the Rockets. Um, Yeah, Garland, all Garland tonight. Look at his assist. Um, look at his points, fungo points and assists in this game. Probably look at rebounds for Jared Allen here in this game as well. Uh, don't see player props up yet for the Cleveland Cavaliers, other than Darius Garland. His assists are currently at eight and a half here, Scott. Yeah, um, I like the double double at plus yeah. 135. Let me see what he's been doing without Donovan Mitchell in the lineup. He's had 10-plus assists in three of the last five. Uh, he's had nine-plus assists in four of the last five. So if you want to uh, take the eight-and-a-half instead of the double-double, uh, the assist numbers are solid. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to also potentially look at Garland's steals. He's had at least – he's had two steals in uh, each of the last four games, and mm. we know that the Rockets are pretty turnover-prone. Yeah, that's a great um, call. Let me just see if that's plus. I'm assuming it's plus money for one and a half steals, but that might be a sneaky defensive prop to look at for Garland. Yeah, one and a half steals for Garland is plus 140 on the over. That mm-hmm. I like. That's a great call. I love that. Uh, yeah, even without Donovan Mitchell in the lineup, he's had two plus assists in three straight games. He's actually had two plus, ass- sorry, two, uh, starting up steals. I'm sorry, I'm trying to say, I'm sorry. So seven games without Donovan Mitchell. He's had two plus seals in six of those seven games. I don't obviously I don't think that's really correlated, but um, you're right. The Rockets, this team is very, very turnover prone. And I think there's going to be a great opportunity for Garland, whether he's guarding Jalen Green, um, whether it's Eric Gordon. I think that he can definitely get the steals here tonight. I'm going to add that to my card here tonight. Um, By the way, Houston four stats is uh, allowing 8.9 steals per game, which is the most in the league. Yeah, there we go. Great call there, Scott. Um, anything else for this game? No, not for me. Maybe, a du- I mean, double-double, just blindly take uh, Allen and uh, Mobley and just hope one of them mm-hmm. kind of goes crazy there because Allen, you're assuming he's going to get there, but it should be a minus price. I mean, I don't know why you'd get any value on that when, no offense to Shangoon, I love Shangoon, but Allen can yeah. get a little bit higher off the ground. Yeah. Is that a fair way yeah, to put it? Definitely. Yeah, so, 100%. Uh, let me just see quickly what I can see for Allen double double. Allen's plus one thirty five. 
I, I know he went to UT, but I don't think he's from the Texas area, is he? Let me double his bud. Let me see how he's done historically against Plus the 135, though? Like, I got to assume Allen's going to finish with, what, 12-plus rebounds in this game? Yeah, he had um, a stretch where he had five straight double-doubles against the Rockets, but his last two games, he didn't quite get there. But again, he wasn't playing a lot of minutes. He didn't play a lot of minutes in those two games. But I think, yeah, he should have a great... He should have an easy time here tonight. I mean, there's there's no question about it. I know Shangun's not a very good rim protector, and definitely Jared Allen can get those rebounds for for the Cleveland Cavaliers here tonight. So at plus odds, I think this is the probably one of the worst games of the night. But there's the same game parlay you can probably put together for this game. Yeah. All right, uh, let's keep it rolling here. Uh, two games left on the schedule. Maybe the game of the night here: the Dallas Mavericks in Phoenix. Uh, second game of the doubleheader on TNT here tonight. Mavericks visiting the Phoenix Suns. Uh, looking at the opening lines for this game, the Phoenix Suns open up as a one and a half point favorite. That number has pretty much stayed the course at minus one and a half. Total open up at 223 and a half. Uh, that number is now at 221 and a half. Do see some 221s out there as well. So money coming in on the under. Uh, in the game between these two squads. Looking at the injury report here, start with the uh, Dallas Mavericks. Uh, the two guys that have been out are going to be out, Christian Wood and Maxi Kleba. Uh, for the Phoenix Suns, DeAndre Aiden is probable here tonight. Uh, Devin Booker is going to miss at least another week. Campaign continues to be out, and Landry Shaman is going to be out as well. Uh, Phoenix, they're starting to win some games here, Scott. They've won now four in a row. They got Chris Paul back earlier this week. So it looks like it's starting to the the tires are starting to turn in the right direction for the Phoenix Suns. Dallas comes into this game who has just not been very good against the spread uh, overall. They're 16, 31, and two on the road, seven and sixteen as a road underdog, uh, which they are barely here tonight. They are three and seven, but even as a road favorite, they're only four and nine against the spread. Um, are you continue riding the winning streak here for Phoenix, or which way are you going in this game here, Scott? Ah, uh, it's so tough because Dallas is so bad. <laughs> this team yeah. is so bad. <laughs> and the last time we were on the show, I ended up actually taking the Wizards uh, against the Mavericks, and they won't get outright. Uh, so I'm, of course, anti-Dallas on the road. Phoenix at home has been great. Having said that, the Mavs own this team. Uh, yeah. It seems like there's a mental block for Phoenix, and they just can't get over it. I think I'm going to lean to Dallas. Okay. I don't feel good about it. I'm probably not going to play it, but Phoenix just matches up horribly against this team, I guess. So yeah. I'm going to lean Dallas. Uh, I also want to lean under, but it's a nationally televised game, so I'm going back to the over. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to play this out. I'm going to see what happens. Worst case is we're going to experiment in a mad scientist fashion and see how this pays off. But we're going to go yeah. with the over because it's a nationally televised game, and I'm hoping you get 50, like 60 free throws at halftime. Uh, but I'm going to lean Dallas just because of historical trends. Really nothing that I'm strongly opinionated about for this game, Sure, but Dallas seems to always get up for these matchups against Phoenix. Maybe it's a little bit different because Booker's out, but yeah. I'm going to lean Dallas just based on how well they've done in the head-to-head lately, but I have no interest in betting this game. Yeah, I'm going to ride with Phoenix here. I, I think that they they got Chris Paul back. They, they got Cam Johnson back. I mean, those are two good pieces to get back especially with a team that was absolutely depleted and we saw some of the lineups that they were throwing out there i mean no offense to those guys they they were competitive in some of those games why right? they got the outright victory against the warriors um 
But I think that right now for Phoenix, they have Dallas coming into this game or into their building here tonight, a team that eliminated them last year in the playoffs. And like you mentioned, Dallas does kind of own this team. Um, but I think this is an opportunity for for Phoenix to really clamp down on defense. I think this might be a big game for DeAndre Aiden. I know he's listed probably over here tonight. There's literally no rim protection uh, for uh, the Phoenix Sun. Sorry for the Dallas Mavericks here tonight. So if if Monty Williams is smart, they're going to feed the ball here to DeAndre Aiden in the post, get him some easy baskets. Um, Cam Johnson has been, he's been back. He's been shooting the ball well. You still have Mikael Bridges out there, Chris Paul. So I think there's enough. For the Phoenix team to get the victory here tonight. I also mentioned this, the first half spread, I'll probably look at Phoenix as well because in a road game so far this season here, Scott, Dallas Mavericks 6-15-2 against the number, which is absolutely the league worst uh, this season. So a couple ways if you want to attack it, maybe first half spread on the Phoenix Suns. Uh, I do like them full game, probably just play the money line, just take the points out of it. Um you already covered the total. Let's get to some player props in this game. What do you like? Uh, I like CP3 assists. I think he's probably going to go for a double-double in this matchup. You mentioned that Aiden could have a field day here. That means a lot of pick-and-roll passes to Aiden. So I'll take the Chris Paul double-double. Yep. I think Luke is going to go nuts in this game. Mm-hmm. It's a nationally televised game against the team he probably hates the most. Maybe the Clippers, but it's close. I think Luke has got a shot to go for 40 tonight. So I think sure. Luke could probably puts on a match game on national TV. So I'd look for him. Um trying to think what else I'd consider liking. Probably Tim Hardaway Jr. threes. Yeah. But not really much else. Can I get unders on Reggie Bullock or is that not a thing anymore? I thought he had actually had started shooting the ball really well or not really well, but pretty well from what he was doing. I mean there's only really one direction for him to go after what he was doing, but let's see here what he's done. Uh, last five games, he's averaging 9.2 points. He's shooting 46.2% from three-point line, Scott. So he's doing he's doing better. Uh, that is true, except the last two games, he scored a combined three points. Yeah, that's true, too. We'll see so how just, he's doing. just going to throw that out there. He was very, very good for four <laughs> straight games uh, where he had double digits. But he went back to having zero against the Clippers, 0 for 4, and he went yeah. 1 for 5 against the Wizards. He only played... 24 minutes in that game. So it seemed like Jason Kidd just pulled the plug because that game was a one-point game. Basically said, wow, you are terrible. And it went yeah. to someone else. So I think Reggie Bullock's probably going to do nothing in this game. So I'm just keeping an eye on him as well. Uh, I did like Spencer Dinwiddie in this game as well, scoring points. I know you mentioned that you expect Luca to go off, but um, especially without Christian Wood this season, um, Spencer Dinwiddie has really stepped up. I saw it last night where I did play it at 18 and a half for his points. Let me see if it's still at that number for Dinwiddie here tonight. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie. It's still at 18 and a half. It's at minus 135 now. Um, But in the seven games this season without Christian Wood in the lineup, um, he's had uh, 19 or more points in six of those seven games. Um, and over his last, I think it was like his last seven or eight games, he's actually gone over 18 and a half points here. Let me get the exact number. Um, one, two, three, four, five, six, six straight games where he's had 18, uh, sorry, 19 or more points. So I'm going to continue writing that here uh, tonight with Spencer Dinwiddie. Um, and we'll see how he's done against Phoenix as well. He had 21 in an earlier matchup on December 5th against the Phoenix Suns. So looking at that, 
Uh, Chris Paul double double was something that I was interested as well. You mentioned his assist to get over. That's at nine and a half at plus money. Chris Paul double double tonight plus one forty five. Okay, I mean I feel like that's definitely worth something with the lack of rim protection that Dallas has. Yeah, uh, Aiton's at minus one hundred five here tonight for a double double as well. All right, anything else for this game, Scott? No, I think we covered everything. All right, last game of the night. Let's get over to the San Antonio Spurs taking on the Clippers here tonight. Spurs on a back-to-back situation, but they're staying in L.A., playing in the same building. They did uh, lose last night to the uh, Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, Looking at the opening line for this game, I'm currently seeing the Clippers open up as a 12.5-point favorite. That number has pretty much stayed the course at 12.5. Total open up at 234. That number has also stayed the course at 234. Looking at the injury report for the LA Clippers, uh, Luke Kennard is questionable here tonight. Marcus Morris is questionable here tonight. Uh, both Kawhi Leonard, sorry, also John Wall is going to be out for this game. But Paul George, Kawhi Leonard are going to be a go in this game. Spurs this season on back-to-back situations are 3-5 and five against the spread. They are 4-3-1 and one towards the over. Uh, but Clippers, we know, uh, are in auto bet to the under uh, in their home games. They are 20 and four to the under uh, at home, 13 and three to the under in road games as well. Oh, sorry, uh, home games as a favorite. Uh, home favorites, 13 and three towards the under. Let's start with the Scott. Uh, Scott, let's start with the side here first. 12 and a half uh, is the number right now. What do you think? So based on the regular season meetings this season, you'd probably lean to the Clippers because they are on three straight up, but they have lost two of those three games by less than eight points. Having said that, this really does feel like a game where the Clippers just kicked their asses. It just checks that box for me. The Clippers have been playing a lot better. Paul George and Kawhi are actually projected to play in this game. They've won three straight games. Each of the last two wins were by at least 14 points. The Spurs are tanking. We know that. Lost to the Lakers last night by nine. So they're playing a back-to-back. I'm not sure if that means that Johnson's going to miss or if they're going to bench any guys. But doesn't this really feel like a game where the Clippers just keep rolling and they win this game by 20? Because it kind of has that feeling to it for me. It should. Um, This was another team that I was looking at um, fading in the first quarter, especially on the back-to-backs. They're giving up 33.4 points in that first quarter. Uh, They're losing the first quarter by six points as well. Um. Yeah, you're right. I mean, just they should come out and 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 just roll this team again. Maybe another trifecta spot if you want to take the Clippers here tonight. I don't anticipate them sitting anybody to the Spurs, but even then, I just think that this is just a smash spot for the Clippers just to get a victory here against one of the worst defenses in the entire uh, association here. And so. we've roasted the Clippers all year long for not being able to cover big numbers and for yeah. the uncertainty involving the injury reports and stuff like that. But, you know, you're looking around the West. There's a lot of teams that are kind of up and down. Memphis is now streaky. They've lost a couple games in a row to Western Conference opponents. Yeah. It seems like every team's struggling right now besides Denver. And even Denver's won a bunch of close games against kind of underwhelming opponents. The Clippers are, what, like a game or two out of third place in the West? Yeah, I know. I mentioned this yesterday to um, to someone that I think it's like, six through or three to 12 are like separated by like what four to five games i think the clippers think are like two that. out of third so Let me see. we've roasted this team but they're actually competing in the standings but yeah i mean they're two and a half out 
Uh, yeah, the two and a half out of third place. I, yeah. I like how the Clippers have played. I, I get yeah. the argument is, you know, they just played about a week ago, and that was a five-point game in San Antonio. I get all that. But it's a back-to-back, and San Antonio is just a horrible team, and the Clippers seem to be kind of clicking at the right time right now. I'm going to lean Clippers, as crazy as that might sound. Yeah, they've won three in a row. They're half a game out of fourth place. And like you mentioned, they're two and a half out of third place. I mean, only six games behind second place as well, um, with Memphis now being on a four-game losing streak. Um, and Pelicans also lost six in a row as well. So Clippers that's not, that's are, not surprising. That's not their fault. Just Zion yeah, got hurt. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah, Clippers look like they're starting to play some good basketball. They have their two guys on the floor. So when you have Paul George and Kawhi Leonard out there, yeah, I want to back this team. So, shockingly, both Scott and I will lay the points here. I do really like them in the first quarter as well uh, in this game, especially Spurs being on a back-to-back. So, um, Spurs for sorry, Clippers first quarter and full game for me as well. Total Scott sitting here at two. What did I say two thirty-four in this game. Any thoughts on on the total? I got I got to take the under, right? I mean, you just talked about it, the yeah. Clippers at home are twenty and four to the under, uh, so. I got to stay with it. Now, I think that this number is inflated because both teams combined for in the for the 250s in the last meeting. But the Spurs against the Lakers had a pretty ugly game there. Only scored 104. Part of that was Anthony Davis coming back, obviously. But the first two meetings ended up landing right, uh, below. Uh, yeah, the first two meetings landed below 220. Mm-hmm. So I think this number is a bit inflated because of the last game. I'm going to lean to the under. I think the Spurs probably struggle to even break 105 in this game. I'm going to go with the under. Yeah, I was looking for their team total here tonight. 110 and a half for the Spurs. I'm going to go with the under on that. Yeah, I agree. Uh, player props, if anything you like. Uh, Zubak double-double. Yeah, can't argue that. So I'll go uh, with that. that. For Kawhi and Paul George, it's tricky because you never know, you know who's going to be the main guy. I think Kawhi should be, but Paul George can't help himself. I'm trying to think of anybody else. I don't know if Kelvin Johnson's going to play, but I think he might struggle tonight. I know he was very good last night against the Lakers. He was good against the Clippers a couple games ago. I think the Clippers are just going to game plan for him and take him out of the equation, and they don't have any other options for San Antonio. So my main play is going to be Zubak double-double. I just think Zubak's in line for a pretty solid game on the glass. I think he'll finish with 13-12, and 12, something like that. I'll go with sure. Zubak double-double. Uh, yeah, I can argue that. I see that right now at plus 105 against Spurs here tonight. Uh, historically, I mean, like you mentioned, he's had a double-double in six out of the last seven games against the uh, San Antonio Spurs. He's just been a rebounding machine as well. Um, what is his rebounds at here tonight? Should be. I got to assume it's going to be nine and a half or ten and a half. Yeah. Uh, I see 10 and a half at minus 110, but their double doubles at plus 105. So obviously play the double double there uh, for Zubach. Uh, anything else for this game, Scott? Uh, no, I think we kind of covered it for them. Yeah. All right. Let's get over to our lock and dog here for tonight. Uh, that's the schedule here. I think it's only really, about six games here tonight. Um, so let's close it out here, Scott, with our lock and dog. Uh, why don't you lead us off here with your lock and dog? What do you got? All right, uh, so I was thinking about doing two-plus money plays, actually, for my lock and dog, just because there are a couple of player props that I really, really like. Okay. Uh, so starting off with my lock, I actually think I am going to go back to that Clippers-Spurs game. I'm going to take the Zubak double-double okay. at plus 105. I, I just think it's a very good price. 
Uh, you're looking at the game from a couple of days ago, and Zubak, first of all, had 12, re- had 12 points and 16 rebounds. Second of all, we know that Zubak is pretty matchup dependent because he's not exactly good at guarding on the perimeter. Mm-hmm. He played 36 minutes against the Spurs, so the Spurs couldn't play him off the court, and if that's the case, I'm going to love the workload that he gets. And he had 12 and 16. You mentioned he's had a double-double in six of the last seven meetings against this team, and it's plus 105. So my lock's going to be Zubog double-double at plus 105. I think he's going to play a decent amount of minutes, and I know the Spurs are not good at rebounding, and they give up a bunch of points per game in the paint. Give me Zubog to have a good game here. I'll take Zubog double-double at plus 105 as my lock. Okay. For my dog... I'm. Uh, what do I want to go with? Do I want to go with Jared Allen double double, or do I want to go with Garland over one and a half steals? I really like that steals one. I think I'm going to go with the steals. Yeah, uh, I like that. I, f- I forgot. I said it was 140 or 145. Uh, here I'll double check here for you. Uh, steals for Garland here tonight. Where is he? Uh, plus 140 is what I see. Let me see if I can find another. I'm just going to shop around quickly and see if I can. Yeah, let's see. Else. Uh, Garland steals. Yeah, plus 140 is the best one I see, unless you see something else. That's all I see. So I'll go with Garland uh, over one and a half steals at plus 140. He's had two plus steals in, four, in each of the last four games. Uh, but you're looking at Houston. I mentioned it before. They are allowing the most steals per game. They're allowing 8.9 mm-hmm. steals per game. But Garland should get a big workload here because Mitchell, I think, is not going to play. So I expect a pretty large amount of playing time for Garland in this one. Give me the steals. I'll go with a unique prop there, plus 140. Love it. All right. Uh, for my lock, uh, I am going to go. Give me. Give me Clippers first quarter here tonight. Um, Trying to see what that number is in the first quarter. Uh, Let's see. Four and a half. Mm. Actually, you know what? Give me Phoenix here tonight. I'll take the Phoenix Suns. Minus one and a half is where I currently see over at win bet. Uh, I know that we talked about the Mavericks have kind of owned this team over the past couple seasons here. But Phoenix is starting to figure it out. They've got some guys healthy. They got Chris Paul back, like we mentioned. DeAndre Aiden should be going in this game as well. Cam Johnson is back as well. You still have Mikael Bridges out there. And then their role players have, have been playing well for this team in the absence of the, some of their key role players as well. So um, I think that Aiden should have a big game here tonight. We talked about Christian Wood not being in this game. Uh, no Maxi Kleba as well. So rim protection is really what Dwight Powell for this team. Um, and I think that, like you mentioned there, Scott, that the pick and roll with Aiden and, and uh, Chris Paul should be um, should have some success here tonight against the Dallas Mavericks. So uh, they've won four games in a row here. We talked about the ATS numbers as well for the Dallas Mavericks on the road, where it's just not very pretty uh, overall on the road so far this season. 7-16 against the spread. They're four and uh sorry, three and seven as road underdogs where they are uh, slightly here. So I'll take the Phoenix Suns. Minus one and a half uh, on the spread. If, or if you just want to play the money line here, I see that at minus 125 currently over on win bet. So I'll take the Suns as my lock. Uh, for my dog, I'll stay in the same game. Give me Chris Paul double-double here tonight um, as my dog. I think that was, what, plus 140 
Yeah. For his double double. Yeah. So uh again, the assists are gonna be there uh for Chris Paul. We know that he can knock down the mid-range jump shot, get to the free throw line, knock down his free throw. He's a great uh free throw shooter. Since he has returned uh for this Phoenix Suns team. He's had back-to-back games where he's had 11-plus assists. He's had a double-double in both of those games as well. I think he should have a big game here tonight uh, for the uh, Phoenix Suns. So I'll go in the same game here. Phoenix, money line as my lock, and then Chris Paul, double-double, plus 140 as my dog for tonight. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast. Uh, Scott, anything else we need to mention before we get out of here, my man? Uh, not really. You can find me on Twitter at Right Show Radio. I'll be back once again tomorrow with Terrell for the Friday card. Uh, yep. Besides that, though, yeah, just looking forward to the NFL uh, for the conference title games. I know Terrell and I recorded the NFC title game preview. I'm not sure if that got posted yet. I think it did, but I'm not sure. But either way, it will be up at some point today, worst case scenario. So keep an eye on that if you want some DFS uh, picks if you want some player props or if you want some breakdowns on the actual game itself from a spread and a total perspective. So keep an eye on the NFL Gambling Podcast. And I also will be recording a tennis gambling podcast tonight for the Australian Open semifinals. There you go. Make sure to check out uh, Scott on uh, uh, him and Terrell on the uh, NFL pod. They did the NFC Championship game betting preview, DFS, player props, and all that good stuff. Uh, tennis pod as we get are the semifinals now, right, Scott? Uh, yes. Uh, yeah, look out for that. And then, of course, Scott and Terrell will be back tomorrow for the NBA Gambling Podcast uh, for the Friday games. Uh, follow me on Twitter at SportsNerd824. If you haven't already, hit that like button for us on the stream here on YouTube. And a big favor... If you guys are on Spotify and you do listen to the uh, pod on Spotify, uh, leave us a rating there. Leave us a five-star rating if you can. Uh, It only helps us grow the show, and it'd be one of the best NBA pods out there. So uh, do us a huge favor. If you haven't already, uh, leave us a five-star rating on Spotify uh, for the NBA Gambling Podcast. podcast. And, of course, also all the other pods that are on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. All right. Uh, Scott and Terrell will be back tomorrow. Good luck with your bets here tonight. Let's break these books off and let it ride. Basketball, give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm going.